Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to season two of the More Jody podcast. I'm the girl who says what everyone is thinking, unapologetically myself all the time. Trust me, I was born this way and it really can't be stopped. This season, I'm sharing powerful conversations and we go deep right off the hop. Sometimes I'm even thrown off by it. Nothing is off the table. The goal of this podcast is that you will laugh, cry, and realize that you're not alone in your struggles, your challenges, your hopes, your dreams. But I have a warning for you. These conversations will make you want to do more, dig deeper, get honest and curious with yourself and live braver, bolder lives. Thanks for coming along for the ride. You guys, it's here. Episode one. I, I've had such a great restful break um, from this podcast, but I, even amidst all this insanity, like what is even happening in our world, I'm actually really pumped up. I am super pumped to release this episode, September 2021, and I'm so glad you guys are showing back up for season two. So today I have Lindsay Reed on the podcast. Lindsay is one of my favorite people in America. (laughs) She's probably one of my favorite people on planet Earth. She is super funny, like my favorite kind of funny. She's honest, relatable, vulnerable about life's challenges and where she's at all the time. And she owns Music City Events in Nashville and in 2021 launched the Reed Event House. Lindsay is always unleashing creativity and making this world just better. She's better. She's the best. She's married to a musician. She's mom to two hilarious boys, one who wears a cape everywhere he goes. And if she lived in Canada, I would be with her all the time. Um, I kind of feel like we grew up together in our early twenties and I love her. And I'm super excited to share this conversation with you. Um, Lindsay and I are both overly driven and enthusiastic about life. And then we burn ourselves out. So this is a little bit of an episode kind of discussing that and, you know, how challenging it can be to be an overachiever. I'd love for you to go check her out on Instagram and just so you can kind of understand who she is when you hear this conversation. So she is there as Music City Events and the Reed Event House and Lindsay Reed, L-I-N-D-S-Y-R-E-A-D. Enjoy. Lindsay Reed. You ready for the launch of season two of the More Jody podcast? Woo! I'm so ready. Woo, woo, woo. We're just really sad you don't have a kazoo on hand because I thought as an event planner of and with the craziest husband in the world, I thought who's a musician and hilarious, you'd have like a ukulele to play an intro or a kazoo. Yeah. But you got nothing. There's a lot of guitars. I'm really excited. I wanted to talk to someone I'm super comfortable with who I love and adore and makes me laugh all the time. And that's you. So I've like been waiting for months. Like who is going to have, who am I going to have the first conversation with? So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm excited. Yes. It'll be, it'll be really, really good. So we've known each other for 20, 20 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Hey, that is crazy. We're still so good looking. It's like no time has passed. None at all. (laughs) None at all. But we went to college together. You are an uh, an American and you came up to college in Canada because it was cheap, I think. Is that why you came here? Yeah, well, <laughs> the exchange rate was incredible at the time. And yes, it was affordable. Um, and it was, I, I knew someone who was going there who- Someone you loved. To become my husband. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, and I was his good friend the year before you came. And I remember us like laying on someone's bed, staring up at the ceiling, being so annoyed that, that there was no one we liked at school. We weren't, we were supposed to come here and get married. And then we, not us, that sounds weird, but we were just legit like brother and sister kind of friends. And we just sat there languishing about how no one married us that year. And then the next year he found you. And then I didn't find love for like six more years, but yeah, I remember him. And then when you came, it was like just the best thing ever. And then I loved him and I loved you and I still love you. And I was in your wedding and everything. Yeah. It's like so long ago, but so awesome. And you are super funny and (laughs) honest. And so that was one of the reasons in a time when everything not everything's crappy anymore, but like September, 2021, like we've been through a real fire. Right. And just like an emotional yeah. roller coaster for so long now that I was like, I want to have a conversation with Lindsay Reed about finding joy. And, and literally this will just be you and I brainstorming because we're not there yet, but how do we find and seek joy in a time where there's so much chaos And how do you like let certain things in and be educated and also shut lots of stuff out because it's not bringing you, um, it's not adding a minute to your life. Mm -hmm. So that's why I really wanted to have you on and kind of navigate, like learn a little bit about you. And I want to talk today, we're going to talk about like the power of your best yes and saying no and having boundaries. We're very driven people, both of us. We like things to be awesome. We like them to be fun. We have high energy. You might be like, I have less energy now. Do you have less energy? (laughs) No, I have about the same amount of energy. Same energy. Okay. (laughs) I still have tons for the most part, Mm -hmm. um, give or take, but just kind of how as women, we can navigate that because that's a big saying yes to everything is a really, really big problem for a lot of people. And it's like a cancer in their relationships. And, So I thought we could kind of chat a bit about that and brainstorm together how we can have joy in this gnarly time. You called it gnarly. I had some other words for this time. It's pretty gnarly. So that's a pretty good word. So why don't you tell us a bit about who you are and yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, I am an American. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, which is Washington State, um, Oregon, some consider Idaho, the Pacific Northwest, but I don't. Um, and I'm the oldest child. I have two younger sisters, uh, a younger brother. He actually now lives near me. Um, and I met my husband at, uh, we actually met before college. I don't know if you know that. We met at a camp. At a camp. Yeah. The summer before his first year of school. And then I was like, oh, that school sounds fun. I'll go there too. So um, I went up to school, started dating within like two weeks and um, got married a couple years later. Um, I finished school as fast as I could, not because I wanted to get out of Canada, but I just, well, I wanted to get out of Canada. You were very um, cold. You were very I was so cold. cold. It's just so outrageously cold. cold. <laughs> and now we live in the South of the United States. Like I'm hot all the time. Um, it, I can just never, I can never find like a happy medium, but um, so we, um, we lived in, we, we, uh, when we got married, we went back to the United States and kind of just like tried to figure out who we were. And I did some kind of administrative assisting and, um, my husband started playing music and 
they had a record deal. This was a long time ago when like people still got record deals. The music industry has changed a lot since then, but we were going to sell our house and tour the country and the deal fell through. So we had already sold our house and we were like, okay, what do we do? Um, and we got the opportunity to go to France for a year, just kind of, Oh yeah, I remember um, that. yeah, we got to go live in the French Alps. And during that time, um, we bought a, a really nice camera before we went, cause we wanted to, I, I already had liked taking pictures, but I really wanted to get better at it. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be in Europe for a year, I need to take great pictures. So, um, bought the camera, went over there. Um, we did bilingual ski camps in the Alps and, um, had a lot of fun and took a lot of pictures and then um, went back to United States, back to Washington. And um, I started taking pictures for friends and that kind of developed into this side hustle that was kind of enormous. I've shot your wedding. Yes. Um, <laughs> I shot a lot of friends' weddings and then I started taking a lot of pictures, um, you know, senior portraits and things like that. But it, it was a, a pretty lucrative side hustle while I also was, you know, kind of building up my career in the marketing industry. Um, um, around, let's see, so my husband and I have been married for about six years and we started talking about having kids. And um, we had a chat one day about adopting and it just kind of, we just went for it. So it took us a little while, but we adopted our first son who's now nine. And was that um, and, like just a couple of questions because it's funny. Someone yeah. said to me, Oh, you're interviewing Lindsay Reed. Is it about adoption? I was like, Oh no. <laughs> I was like, that's a good <laughs> idea too. So what, what made you guys want to adopt? Had you tried having kids yet or no? No, we hadn't tried yet. And that was the thing. I, I think I had just had conversations with other families who had adopted and they all kind of said like, well, we wanted to have kids of our own first and we'll adopt later in life. And that's something I think you hear a lot. And I yeah. just, um, we just were having this talk and I was like, we're young. We have plenty of time to try and have biological kids. Like, what if we just adopt first? And we're like able to tell this child, like we chose you, like, oh, this was that. not like, this was not like our plan B, like we, we chose you, we wanted to adopt first. So, um, so we were super, super young. Um, and I think started the process at 26 and then got our son, um, when I was 28, he was six months old. And it took two years to finalize the adoption. And that was fostering to adopt? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. We fostered to adopt. Yeah. Um, during that time, my husband got back into doing music. Um, like when our son was little and um, he was visiting Nashville a lot and was like, I think you're going to love it there. Um, my little sister had had just moved there. And so we were like, okay, when when Liam's adoption is final, we'll move to, to Nashville. So um, that was seven years ago. Um, so he's now nine we had a biological son, um, five years ago. So we've got a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. Um, when we moved here and the adoption was, was new, I decided I was going to, um, try and take a little bit of time off of work, but I can't do that. It turns out. So no. it was like a couple <laughs> of weeks before I started looking for jobs. Um, so I found actually my sister found music city events and was like, she was looking for uh, an event job as well. And she's like, this looks really cool. This looks like something you'd like. Um, got hired um, under, uh, as a planner under um, Sarah Willard, who started the company. And she taught me everything I know. And then, um, like I was just telling you, she 
uh, got the opportunity to leave Tennessee for the first time ever in her life and she took it and she offered me the company. So um, I'd been planning with her for about five years and took over ownership um, a couple years ago. And um, I'm, I plan weddings in Nashville now. Which is so fun. Like it's really fun. It looks, it looks like the most fun. And it's funny because in my mind, seeing you as a photographer and seeing you as an event planner feels like the same thing. Cause it's in yeah. that same realm. It's like meticulous, it's details, it's art. Like it's so many things together. It's like, you know, um, you just see things differently when you have that artistic mm-hmm. brain. Right. And so it, it seems like in my head, I'm like, Oh, obviously you're an event planner. Like that's how it feels like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. as though that's what the way it should have been all along. Um, mm-hmm. and that's so cool. And do you love doing it? I love it. Yeah. 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 And that's why Sarah hired me too. I was like, I've, I've photographed like a ton of weddings, but I haven't really planned one before. And she was like, it's basically the same thing. So, um, it really is. I, you know, when you're a photographer, you're having to keep people on time and, um, you know, it is, it is creative. This is creative in a much different way, but, um, I do full scale planning. So I get to kind of produce an entire event and, um, I still get that creative aspect for sure. How does, how does it feel um, when you complete a wedding, like, do you crash after, or is it like, because you are like super meticulous and then it's, Mm -hmm. is it a high and a low after? Yeah, it's so typically most of my engagements are, are pretty short. Um, I have had a few really long engagements and then the pandemic has made them so, 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 so long. Like there was a a wedding I just produced that was two years. Um, I was working with this client. Yeah. She pushed back an entire year and she hired me a full year before. So she has basically become my best friend. Um, but leading up to events, I get really nervous and I get kind of like, I get kind of grumpy about it. Like I'm going to be away from like, it like takes over my life. Like, because my car is full of their junk and I have to make, I have to go pick up you know, their seating chart. And then I have to be there all day and I get a little, a little grumpy about it. And then when the event is going, I'm just like on a high. And then when it's over, I like literally can't sleep and I just talk about it for days. So I love it. Um, I love it every single time, but leading up, I, there's like definitely a lot of nerves and a lot of like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? How is this my job? Do you remember, I don't know if you'd remember back in 2005, I planned events with my friend, Wendy. Do you remember that? We had a, we had a company called bliss event consulting for every occasion. And we did a few like really big functions. And then she got pregnant and didn't want to do it anymore. And so I was like heartbroken and then I, I didn't want to do it alone. And so it's, and now she's like an amazing florist, like a phenomenal florist. Like she's in magazines, she's phenomenal. And it's cool when I see girls like you or like her, um, who end up so successful in these areas, because it's just like, you're just meant to do this thing, you know? And so it's, I, I love when I see people step into something that's just so them and cause you wouldn't be a girl like working at an office. That's not you like your, do you know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. not, so I just feel like I love when I see someone doing like what they're just meant to do, but do you like, do you like Nashville more than living in, in Seattle? I do. Yeah. We, I, I don't 
I don't know if I will stay here till I die, but I do know that it's a great place for us now, especially career-wise. My husband's a songwriter. He has to live here uh, until he becomes really big enough to go live wherever else and people come visit him. Um, but you have to be in Nashville if you're a songwriter and, um, and our kids just have roots here and it's sunny a lot more than it is yeah. back home. Um, we've kind of committed to going back to the Northwest in the summers only because it is just gorgeous. It's the best place to be in the entire world. Um, but the winters there, I think really, really affected my husband. Um, he definitely has seasonal affective disorder and I didn't realize that until we moved here and he just has so much more energy and more joy. And, you know, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. He didn't, he lived there for a long time, but um, I was just like, what you get, you get kind of tired in the winter and it kind of sucks. And you just wait for summer. Like, that's just what we do in the Pacific Northwest. We just kind of power through, but um, it really affected him. So um, yeah, it's definitely hot and humid, um, but we like it here a lot. Well, and I think that I, I don't know if I have seasonal affective disorder. And then last winter I was like, oh, like, this is not me. Like I, and I couldn't fix it and I couldn't make it go away. And, and I did, I did the cold water therapy, like the six minutes in the ocean, like, and those things helped. Like, I really felt like taking your breath away in that way actually did make a difference and increasing my vitamin D and sitting in front of a happy light or a sad light or whatever they're called. That stuff did help. I did notice, um, kind of an uptick, but yeah, I'm curious to see how, like how much of a thing that is for me because I'm never leaving here ever. Um, right. So yeah. I'm curious to see how much of a thing that is, but I love, I love watching your life in Nashville. I still want to come see you guys, um, and kind of experience life down there. It's gotta be one of the coolest cities in the U S I feel like Nashville yeah. is like, just, especially if you are like, want to be Reba, just like me, you would love it. Yes. Actually Reba's old house is a wedding venue now. And I would love to take you on a tour. What? Oh, I would <laughs> it's die. Old yeah. Someone bought her house and it's, it's, you can get married there. It's a beautiful like ranch. And then you can have 30 people stay in her house. Um, her closet is amazing and it's on the water. It's just beautiful. So, Oh, I down. absolutely love that. I, I think that <laughs> would be so fun. Um, okay. So let's talk about learning the power of no, um, being a natural born doer perfectionist. Like, do you call yourself type a, because you're a really chill, fun person, but you really get the job done. So would you identify as type a? I think I am type a maybe like type a minus, but like really cool. Um, <laughs> thank you. You're like, I'm like Monica, yeah. but not annoying. Yeah. I really try not to be annoying. Um, I do have certain standards that definitely the people I live with are um, a little bit annoyed by, but most people you can't count most, those three guys, three boys, guys, right? Those dirty guys drive me crazy. Um, yeah, I, I, have just always, I've just always wanted things like to look good. I think for me, it's like aesthetics, like, right. Yeah. I think I'm, I, I'm learning more about myself. I still don't know what Enneagram number I am. Um, I thought it was a one for a long time, but I think I'm a four with a three wing. Oh, and I wouldn't put you as a one and I'm sure people listening are like, but I'm the one giving this podcast so I can say whatever I want. Okay. Um, I do see you as unique, like a four kind of like different like that, but like very much an achiever, like a three. 
so that's really interesting and and ones ones like want to set the world right right mm-hmm. like and and get the job done and stuff but yeah that's interesting and it's not my job to judge all the numbers <laughs> I like to be the judge of the numbers um oh, yeah. but I definitely see that three four wing that's interesting in this in this pandemic did you say no more than normal or was it just like you couldn't say yes because no one was allowed oh we weren't allowed to do anything were we um I think I was I think one well I I definitely struggled with you know living in the south I don't know if you're if your listeners know about American politics but it's a red state it's mostly Republicans Nashville the city is mostly Democrats and so the Republicans wanted to open everything up everything's fine like let's move on and um, the mayor of Nashville wanted to keep everything closed. So it was this strange struggle. Um, and so when most of the country was still shut down, Tennessee was opening up. And so I, I, I'm very hopeful and I'm very optimistic. And I was like, okay, this thing's gonna go away. This is last summer, things gonna go away. I have fall weddings. Like I'm not even gonna talk to my fall couples about postponing like we're everything's gonna be fine and then when things weren't fine and things got worse and Tennessee at one point was like the worst state as far as our numbers per capita um I had a December bride that was like 100% sure she was gonna invite 300 people and she had to only invite 50 and like it was just like blow after blow after blow after blow and then um I love Christmas and then that was over and January was just like awful like January and then several months after were just awful and so I think at that point I was like is this ever going to be over like I finally got vaccinated and I was like okay I'm going to start doing things like I'm going to start like filling up my calendar as much as I can so I you know we we signed the boys up for baseball Mm -hmm. and I did um CASA training which is um that's like a whole thing we should talk about as well but I am now a court-appointed special advocate for foster children so um in the states we have uh social workers have like hundreds of cases guardian ad litem has about 20 cases so ACASA is a volunteer who checks in on foster children and like actually puts in like the legwork to go make sure that they're getting fed and and emotionally stable and so yeah so you meet them in their foster homes you can meet their teachers you can go meet their parents you can meet their foster parents um, and then you report to the court and you advocate for them if you think that they should be adopted by their uncle or that they should you know go to their old school because the new school isn't working for them those kinds of things you advocate for them so all I did all of that training and then the kids were in baseball and you know things were opening up um I had to home basically homeschool my son we were going through um a, a process with his school to get him some extra help so I had to document all of his virtual school every minute of it oh, that's fun um it was really fun. That's so really I went easy. from like, <laughs> so I went from like doing almost nothing in, in January and feeling really bad about it to just being like, I'm doing all these things. I'm doing them all. Like, let's do it. And I definitely, by the time like April hit, I was super burnout. Um, so were you doing events still then? Or was that more just like managing your regular life? Cause were events all canceled? Like that sucks for your income. 
Yeah, events were were canceled in the winter for sure. Um, but I didn't have anything booked until this summer. So it oh, was okay. mostly, okay. yeah, it was some planning that was a lot of planning, um, but not actually executing events. So just lots of planning with, you know, stressed out people who have been, you know, if people are asking me to be their guide through this pandemic. I'm like, this is my first pandemic, just like <laughs> you. So I don't know what the governor is going to do next week. You know, like <laughs> they're like, so should we, you know, cut our, our guest list down? I'm like, I don't know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know anything. <laughs> this is my first, I'm not a pandemic counselor, although yeah. they're looking to you for that. At what point yeah. did, did you think I'm burnt out? Cause there's always like the suspicions of like, I'm having trouble to manage all this, but then where were you like, yeah, this is burnout. I think when I was, when I just like did not even want to get out of bed in the morning, like I was just dreading every single day and I was getting really grumpy with my kids and, you know, usual things weren't working. Like, okay, I'll just take a walk. I was taking a lot of walks. Like I was so mad. I would just go take walks all the time. Um, and I was like, you know, using that kind of as an ex- escape. Um, and then I, I kept like, instead of just being quiet and still and like, you know, trying to relax, I was feeding myself with podcasts and, mm-hmm. you know, Instagram yeah, and noise, just, just constant noise. Just like, I need to get better. How do I get better? I'm just going to like, listen to a self-help pod. That, that's a very free thing to do, I think too. Yeah. Um, like I need, like, I need to listen to a podcast. I need to go do a workout. I need to go do this and that. Pour something in. It's a very three thing. Like I've got to pour something in. Yeah. Versus a four would be like, sit with yourself. You're so (laughs) unique. No one understands you just sit in here with yourself and your uniqueness. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think so that, and then did you feel it in your body physically other than like the overwhelming lack of drive and desire like it's almost a total reversal from your normal drive right yeah yeah I definitely felt it in my body I um I don't know if I've ever told you this but before college I got really sick like stress sick like my back was so tense that when I was in high school I was on muscle relaxers and I was like pretty pretty embarrassed by it. Um, and I went to college and like everything just kind of got better, but I do know that when I'm in a lot of stress that like my back just tightens up so, so badly, um, to the point where I'll have like muscle spasms and, um, and I'm just like stiff and, um, it's not fun. You just carry Um, the stress physically in your back basically. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I kind of know how, how to, you know, I was 16 then I'm a lot older now and I know what to do to avoid those things, but that was happening again. Like I was just tense and grumpy and I was gaining weight and I didn't know why. Um, Yeah. It was definitely manifesting itself physically. Well, and as you pushed more and got and added more noise Mm -hmm. um, and then that wasn't working or what made you realize like this isn't helping me. Um, I just, well, I, I decided to go to therapy, to be honest. I just was like, I don't know what's right. Nothing I'm doing is fixing is, is helping. So, um, I, I 
have a, a very good friend that we would go on walks together. She lives in my neighborhood and um, she's been through a lot during this pandemic as well and was talking to me about her therapist and um, her therapist uh, has done wonders for her. And um, I called her and she uh, quit during the pandemic because she was so overwhelmed, but she referred me to someone else that was a great fit for me. So um, I found a therapist. I haven't gone to therapy in a really long time since my parents got divorced um, 10 years ago. So um, yeah, it, it's definitely new and different, and um, but it's helped a lot. Do you love it? Mm-hmm. Like, I just think we're made to be in connection and we're made to talk about stuff and then boundaries and even, you know, divisiveness in society has made it like where you don't feel safe talking with some of the same people you used to feel safe talking to. Right. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's like so important to have a therapist or to talk, to go talk to somebody and, and to make sure that when you have people that you are really safe with, who are mentally healthy to make sure that you're connecting with them when we turn, I do the same thing as you, like I turn up the volume and, and I'll, I'll notice now, cause I'm trying to use even like, I'm an Enneagram seven with a eight wing, I think. And I try to use, like, if we know a seven is like a squirrel, I try to use things that, that I don't like doing to ground me. So like meditating and I will pray and doing like restorative yoga, like makes me want to die. I'm like, I can't like still like this. It drives, I'm like, or like a really slow yoga teacher. I'm like, I'm there to do like a boot camp yoga. Like I want to be chaturanga into my, like so fast. I want my quads to burn. I want my arm, you know, like that's just me. Yes. So I yes. try to, I try to do those things that are opposite knowing that that slows me down. And it really, really does help me. But I hit a point in the pandemic where I went in, you know, how the grocery store has like where you can take your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And I took it one day and I've always had super low blood pressure, like 90 over 50. And I was like 142 over something. And I like called, and what's so funny now, when I think back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I decided that I was going to fix this with Epsom salts baths, <laughs> meditation, <laughs> yoga, and just track practicing being really relaxed. Anyways, I did fix it somehow. And I think that a lot of, I think we've just, we've adapted like as much as I I do think like I notice now when I go to add more noise or if Mm -hmm. I'm scrolling and I'm really dissatisfied with what that I'm like I've seen all this stuff and then I'm like so annoyed that no one's posted anything new then I'm like okay it's time to put your phone away like you Mm -hmm. you're using this but I think one of my calls to people would be to pay attention to your physical reactions whether it's like feeling so meh that you can't make yourself do anything or whether it's like no podcast music, no book on tape on audible, whatever, nothing satisfying me. And that's when I think we really need to shut everything off, mm-hmm. you know, um, shut everything off, like eat some pie with a friend, go for a walk. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been thinking a lot about what they used to do back in the day before we had all of these terrible technical technological distractions Right. And stuff and going back to the basics. And so um, once you sort of realize that, that, you know, you were really struggling other than the therapy, were there any other practices that you started doing to stay unwound? Yeah, I started lifting weights again and like really heavy weights, like really heavy, like 
for like, a tell year us how heavy been... you can just brag for a minute Such um heavy well just weights. heavy heavy for me like normally <laughs> I would just be like I would just like do the bar and be like yeah 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 and now I'm like loaded up I want my arms to like rip off that feels great to me um I did listen to a podcast um of um John Eldridge who wrote that book yes wild at heart wild at heart and he sounds like the most like gentle kind human and he says that he I think it's every day or maybe once a week he takes a baseball bat to a trash can oh. and goes wild <laughs> and to hear him describe that in like like the most calm voice and just say like I just have a lot of you know anger and like I need to take a baseball bat to a trash can a few times a week I was like if he is doing that like and I'm just unhinged because like my boys peed on the floor again like I think I need to be doing some things that you know calm me down so get the rage out basically um I started lifting weights again and um I'll just go run sometimes like just as fast as I can for a second I hope people aren't watching in my neighborhood but just go run um and then I also started listening to positive affirmations because a lot of things happened this year that made me feel bad about myself um and I was starting to like believe those things and listen to those things and like made that my truth and it was not like it was they weren't real and so I like needed positive affirmations and I just found it on Spotify and I listened to them before I go to bed and my husband listens to them too because we sleep in the same bed and it's called sleep meditations for women <laughs> and he's sitting there listening along with me but that has really helped a lot like I think that and just like going to a therapist and just being able to say like this is yucky and I feel horrible and like what do I do and have mm -hmm. her like give me like actual things to do and tell me like most of the things you're saying like the, the things you're saying about yourself aren't true like everything is fine just do these things like it just gave me like a way out well and I think I never noticed until I went into the woods and had angry conversations with people by myself mm -hmm. <laughs> like out loud <laughs> like and I I I obviously didn't want anyone to hear me, but I was like, rah, 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 like, you know, kind of that muttering. And then I said, I said it, I told it to Heidi, you know, Heidi. And she was like, you should do that. You literally should go into the woods and talk to yourself. And I was like, oh, and I actually felt way better. And I went to the hairdresser one time and this was like in May or something of this year. And I just wanted to go, I'm an extrovert, but I just wanted to go and like have a little chats about nothing. And, and everyone was talking about COVID and everyone was talking about vaccines. And I heard the owner beside me, as soon as I got there, you know, you're there for like hours. Right. And the owner beside me tells this, this old lady's like, well, you better get your shot. And the lady's like, actually, we don't discuss it. It's, you know, people's medical um, preference. And so we're not discussing it with our, with our clients. And I thought, oh, that's so good. Like, I'm so happy she said that. And then I was like, oh my gosh, every other person in the row did not get her memo. So I think she was just saying it to the client because she didn't want to talk about it. But I mm -hmm. was like, I literally, by the time I left, I was so ragey that I drove home and I grabbed my steering wheel and I like, ah, like multiple times. And it actually did release something. And I, I've never been like, someone who 
tried to release anger and I couldn't believe how effective it was. And so now if I'm really mad, I'm like, I'll go for a walk by myself and say the things that I don't want anyone to hear me say, you know, um, or like scream at my, in my car, at my steering wheel by myself. And I couldn't believe how much it actually helped. And then it made me think about all the ways that, yeah, we're not meant to carry, um, these things. We need Mm -hmm. to let them roll off. And, you know, Mm -hmm. what does that look like and how do we practice that? So I love that you said that about John Eldridge listening to his podcast a few years ago. I was like, but he talked so slow that I was like, John, (laughs) like speed up. So I love that he hits a trash can because he is a very chill guy. He's very relaxed. As soon as things opened up, I, in one day went to like a barbecue and a baby shower and like something else. And I'm hundred percent extroverted, but I was like, I felt overwhelmed by the day. Like my, even my body felt like it felt so foreign to go to so many events with so many people. And like Mm -hmm. on the way there, my, I am app was like, I am made for moments like this. And I was like, I am like, I was like, this app just like gets me and and you're reading it. So essentially it's, you are reading it. And then Jenny Allen's book, get out of your head talks all about how you have an emotion and a thought. And then you're like, I don't accept this thought. And I had this thought one day I was out walking just, and I've talked about this on a different podcast, but I was out walking and it was like, I was thinking about something and I thought, well, maybe you're just unlikable. And it was so simple for my brain to throw out something as though it was like a total, total truth. And I was like, whoa, like to stop when we hear those negative thoughts and be like, yeah, I don't accept this. Like this actually isn't factual. There's lots of things I get wrong, but being unlikable is not one of those things, but amazing how easily my brain was like, maybe you're unlikable. But then my mind was like, wait a second. You don't have to accept that. That's not who you are. And so, yeah, I think reading these things or playing these things as we go, as we fall asleep and stuff, I think is actually really important having physical things we do. And, um, and I do think like Epsom salts baths, doing the really slow yoga, sitting and meditating and setting a timer, you know, or repeating something when you meditate. Like, I think people get so fancy, like I'm going to a meditation conference. I'm like, I feel like you should just sit there and be quiet. (laughs) Yeah. Try being quiet for like one minute. (laughs) Pay all that money. I feel like that's like defeating the purpose of meditation. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah, but I think it's important to share what we do and, and how we notice this stuff. And then, um, something for my dear friend, Amanda, who can't say no to anything. Um, once you start to notice, like now that you've gone through the ups and downs of now that you're a pandemic counselor, obviously, (laughs) and as you've gone through the ups and downs, do you find, do you think that going forward, it'll be easier for you to say no to things and to give your best yes? Like as the world, eventually this is going to, eventually this is going to pick up. We're going to have normal life again at some point, whether it's down the road further or whether it's soon, but do you think you'll have an easier time of learning to know your boundaries and say no, so you don't get burnt out? Yeah, actually that was like the first thing, my first session with my therapist was she had me read a book about boundaries. Like that was, she was like, you need boundaries, obviously. And I didn't understand like what that meant. Um, but definitely learning how to set boundaries and, and not worry if someone's going to be mad at me. I really don't like when people are mad at me. Me neither. And so, um, just 
it's it's really hard as a wedding planner, especially to to want to serve your clients well, um, be there for them because it is it is an emotional process for a lot of people, right? Um, but also, it's my job, and I need to have like I can't get emotionally invested. I can get excited for them. I can be happy when we pick the right napkin color, but um, I can't, you know, I can't have long, long conversations with them, you know, sobbing about, you know, their grandma can't come or something like that. Like, that's not my job. So um, most of my clients respect my boundaries and um, I make them pretty clear in my contracts and just kind of in the way that I interact with them. Um, I learned a lot of that from the woman who taught me how to do my job. Um, the, the owner of music, the founder of music city events, I'm the owner now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been, um, it's been definitely a process to learn, to learn how to set boundaries properly, um, without feeling like you're going to hurt someone or miss out on something. Cause I definitely have FOMO. I want to be yeah, you know, too. I want to be at all the networking events. I want to, um, you know, I want to go to, go to everyone's party. I want to do all the things, but, um, yeah, boundaries is definitely a big one for me. I feel like I didn't really have any. What book was it? It's just called boundaries. Is it by, by Henry <laughs> um, cloud and John Townsend or something? Cause I love those books. Henry cloud. Yeah. Henry cloud and John Townsend. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the big key I pick up from that is that you had to first learn what your boundaries needed to look like. Cause I think mm-hmm. so often, even when I think about someone like in 2017 or 18, I wrote out a life vision for myself in leadership, for myself in business, which is different. And then for myself as like a wife and mom. And what I, the reason I did it was because I'd taken on like catering a ladies function. Like there was things I always be like, yes. And it was more that I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. And then Mm -hmm. I got so burnt out and it was around Christmas. I didn't even want to make Christmas dinner for my, or goodies for my own family, because I was so fried making Mm -hmm. them for people who didn't even care. It was like a function. I just thought that it should have homemade food because I love homemade food Mm -hmm. and I love to cook. So naturally I'm always Mm -hmm. the solution. But what I realized back then was I'm not the solution to stuff. And in leadership, I manage five branches, five insurance branches. And so I have to delegate 95% of things. And it's been good because until I was like, literally, I can't be the solution, then it became easier to not be. But writing out that life vision that Mm -hmm. said, I want to be home four nights of the week because I was leading worship. I was helping with youth. I was doing all these things outside of my job. Then my kids need a soccer coach. Oh, I'll do that too. And all of a sudden, like no one gets my best. Yes. And when I'm in that situation, I get very snappy, right? Like you just have nothing left and anything Mm -hmm. is some, and usually that's your spouse who gets that because Mm -hmm. you're safe. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's heartbreaking. And so that's where I'm like, but first people, like once I had written out that life vision of what I wanted to have as a family of four and who, how I wanted to show up as a leader and what sort of successes I wanted to have in business. First, I had to look at myself and figure out what fit my life, what I wanted. And then I could look at my week and be like, oh, I've already been out X number of nights. I probably shouldn't add that to this week. But then my other thing is I am against the book ahead a month from now. So often I think back in the day too, um, 
people would be like, oh, are you free this week? And I'm like, no. And then they'd be like, what about next week? I'm like, no. And then they're like, okay, the week after. Okay, yeah, let's get together that week. Well, then all of a sudden that week comes and now your week's full. You don't know what's going to come up with your kids or your spouse or someone that you care about, or even your own energy level. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's the thing too, is I'm against the book ahead, but I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, like knowing yourself and recognizing those triggers, people like stuff's going to start up again and will be Mm -hmm. likely like me that day where I was so overzealous. I'm in a baby shower. I'm at a barbecue. I'm at all these things. And by the end of the night, I felt like weird. I felt weird because we haven't done that. So it's like, before it all starts deciding what your vision is, deciding what your boundaries are, and then working hard to stay within that and not mm-hmm. going back to the way we were like learning the only good parts of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I often go back to like those first couple of weeks and we bought our house a year ago. So the pandemic was already, you know, five months in, but we were in this sweet little house and, um, and it was fun. Like it was, we were just trying to keep our kids happy and like, nobody knew what was going on. And we were, you know, having blanket forts and Mm. just trying to like, not make our kids freak out at how like crazy the situation was. Um, and so I, I'd like to think back to those times we, we lived on a hill too. And our kids, like, boys love to skateboard so we did a ton of like skateboarding and you know that was back when the pandemic was really fun people were doing like push-up contests and yeah <laughs> tagging each other and weird stuff on instagram before everything got political and gnarly <laughs> before everything got political but, gnarly and divided you're so right and so it's like but yeah. i think in and when it, when we talk about having joy in this i'm like it's still a choice as, as, as much as it doesn't feel like it's a choice. And I was really overwhelmed yesterday by, I don't know, some of the threats of the government up here and stuff. And I get feeling really helpless. I was thinking about the Bible verse, Proverbs 423 and guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. And I was just Mm. thinking how um, God's got it all. He's not surprised by anything that's happening. He's seen the world be crazy forever. And just that the more we submit stuff to him through prayer, and it actually makes me feel so much more calm, the more I do that, but it's, it's a, it's a practice too, of continually praying, you know what I mean? But we're made for Mm -hmm. such a time as this. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. I could sit here and feel like completely out of control, which I mostly am. But changing my perspective and like not carrying the weight of the world, because I'm not meant to carry it. It's not my job to carry it. You know, it's not my Mm -hmm. job to be the judge. It's not my job to carry it. And so that's the other thing is like continually praying about this stuff. Even I was thinking, I want to walk around my kid's school on Monday, every Monday and pray over the school. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happens there that I think is absolutely gnarly. (laughs) That's my word for the F word today is gnarly. And so there's so much that like makes me so mad, but being mad doesn't add a day to my life. Like, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Still stand up and fight when you can. I said to someone, if someone will tell me where the rally is, like, I will go. I wouldn't go to a rally Mm -hmm. in America. I feel like, I feel like bad things happen at rallies in America. (laughs) but well, yeah, you probably only see the bad ones, but I probably only see the bad ones. You're totally right. 
Right. They're not going to put the peaceful rallies on TV in Canada. <laughs> it won't, it won't make the news, but that's where I'm like, but I can pray. And yeah. you know what I mean? And so that's, that's the thing too, is I'm like praying about that stuff and being like, God, I give it to you. Just help me to live every day and find the joy in the languishing in the gnarliness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. I think we've all learned what's important, um, what's not important. Um, I hope we've all gotten a chance to kind of reevaluate our lives and and what we want to add back in and what we know that we don't need to add back in. I Um, absolutely agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Easing back in is a good idea. Yeah. I think like, have you thought about that a little bit about stuff like that kind of anxiety, like not big anxiety, but almost just like lurking thoughts of it starting again. Pandemic starting again. No, like real life going back to full tilt or do you have no anxiety? about that? I have more anxiety about the pandemic coming back because we've been, we've been full. I mean, I just went to New York city and my kids are back in school and I mean, they're wearing masks. Obviously there's still masks everywhere and things like that, but I'm, I'm more worried of things shutting down again. So I think I maybe know. Canada's in a different place. You guys were shut longer than we were. So we opened up, um, things really opened up in June. So I've been like a couple months, like networking events have come back. Networking's big in the national wedding scene. Um, networking events have come back and my weddings happened like, you know, full capacity, um, and school reopens. So I feel like right now things are, are back for us and, and it's looking like maybe, I don't know what's going to happen in the fall, but I do do want to say that I wouldn't mind moving to Florida. I feel like Florida, (laughs) everyone talks about Florida up here. We're like, Florida is fine. You guys, like, let's just all Mm -hmm. go to Florida and not wear our masks. Just like Mm -hmm. do whatever we want. Alberta is going that way now. They're like, we're calling it a flu Mm. and we're not testing it anymore. And we're just, we're learning to live with it. What does living with it look like? And so we never, we never had maxed out ICUs and stuff like that up here. Like it was more all of the bureaucratic red tape of like, you saw someone who saw someone who saw someone. So now you can't do anything for 14 days. So we had way more of that. Um, But definitely um, we've all been a little bit jealous of, of everything that's going on down certain places in the States where we're like, they're like living the, like they're keep on rocking in the free world. That's how it feels. Oh yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Dan's parents moved to Florida, like right when the pandemic started. So we've gone down a couple of times and it is wild. Like it is is wild. COVID does not exist. No, it's like a very (laughs) special place. It never has. (laughs) (laughs) And yet I'm like, yeah, they have the same death rate as everybody else. I'm like, yeah. And it didn't even happen in Florida. It's just... (laughs) They're just the free world down there. But yeah, so anyways, I am thankful to have had you on and to, I think it's an important conversation and we are girls who just need to laugh and, you know, mm-hmm. and I, but I do, I love what you said about, I think we've had time to reevaluate our lives and decide what we want and what we don't want. And that I'm like truly forever thankful for. You know, like it made me realize I was so thankful to realize that I think I realized I have always loved, but I think I, I actually like my little family of four 
more than I ever knew. Cause I think I was always overcommitted and I can say no to them and I can't say no to other people, but now I can, you know, and I, I realized how much I just want to be with them. And I'm always like, I'm obsessed with you guys. And you said it the other day, you said, are your kids like the people that annoy you more than anyone in the world, but you also have more fun with them than anyone in the world? Or what did you say the other day? You're like, anybody else <laughs> with me? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. Are your kids like the most annoying, but also you love them more than you ever thought possible? Yeah. Like no one can make you more mad or just melt with pure joy than your yeah. children. <laughs> and it's absolutely so true. It's like, but it's my, it's my absolute favorite thing. And, and the other thing with this pandemic is I'm like, these are the family years. And I think mm-hmm. I needed to slow down and stop to be like, all we, all I really need is like them and maybe some pizza and dominoes. Like, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or like fighting over monopoly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we didn't pull those things out before. And, you know, and mm-hmm. so I think I have to say so many good things have come out of this. And I do hope that we are slightly done being refined in the fire, but perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint us. And so mm-hmm. that's where I'm like, we just have to do our practices and say our prayers, honestly. Mm-hmm you know, and we'll get through this, but I need to come to Nashville. And so nothing's going to be able to stop that. I feel like I need to come right now before things get crazy. Get on down, get on down here, get on down here, (laughs) book my ticket. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for this conversation. So last question, if you could describe your entrepreneurial journey in one word, what would it be? Oh, oh my goodness. Um, exciting exciting you know I was excited that's that's a good one um it didn't make me like go (laughs) such a good word you've always led such a cool life even as we sit here I'm like I wish people could see you like you just like look like a rock star you're just the coolest but I think about how you got me um seats to the Mariners game right above third base because you had a connection at Fox news. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. So I'm like, yeah. you've always just been that marketing girl. job. Yeah. You've always yeah. just been like that My girl. And I'm like, you're just yeah. the best. You're like an absolute light and don't, don't always do all the practices to never lose that. Cause you are truly one of like, just those salt to the earth, best girls. Like that's totally you. You're one of my absolute favorite human beings. And I'm just so thankful to know you and to love you and that you would share this. And you're just, and even I want people to go give you a follow. What is your, your most common handle now on Instagram? Um, well, my new company needs more followers. It's Reed Event House, <laughs> R-E-A-D. Okay. Um, but I'm just Lindsay Reed, L-I-N-D-S-Y-R-E-A-D. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go, well, everyone will go give you a follow and you post so many hilarious things just about real life. And that's always been such a drawing card, even back when you used to blog back in the day. Um, and so, yes, we'll all go give you a follow and we'll just keep posting about your hilarious antics about regular life with your children. Cause it's my favorite and your kids, <laughs> your kids in their underwear. Also my favorite. <laughs> They're always in their underwear. <laughs> it's very hot here. It is hot there. And, and my kids are in their underwear far too much and it's not as hot here, but it's just the mom of boys, right? It's just, yeah. It's, it's just, just mom of thing. boys. It happens. Well, yeah. I love you, friend. 
I love you. Thanks for this awesome conversation. Hey, more Jody listeners. First of all, thank you for spending your time with me today and being here. I love what I am doing. I can't believe how much fun I'm having sharing these stories with you guys. So please like, subscribe, rate, review, share this podcast with one of your friends that you think really needs to hear it. And don't hesitate to send me a message and let me know what you'd like to hear more of on this podcast. Have an awesome day and choose to make the world a better place. Thank you.